Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Female Footballers Podcast. My name is Cassie Gray. I'm your host, and I'm joined by our COO, Haley Lucas. Welcome, Haley. Hi there. We're going to talk today about um, some frustrations that we have, um, and and we're going to we think that you are going to um, be able to relate. Um, and so, Haley, why don't you get us started? Where are you at with the frustrations that we want? Well, let's let's get in it. Um, if I email someone, I'm hoping they respond to me in a timely manner. That's <laughs> number one. Um, it could be about anything. And I wonder, Cassie, how you feel about this. Um, and I don't know why this feeling happens. I and mean, sometimes it happens to me too. But for some reason, a text message seems easier to respond to than an email, even though it requires the same number of clicks. And so I don't know why there's like, a problem with people communicating and getting back to each other. And I think that's kind of a big thing we want to focus on is just the lack of communication in holding people accountable, holding yourself accountable, responding to people, and just a part of communication and professionalization that we don't really ever talk about in soccer, but like has huge implications in how we communicate with each other and treat each other. And we can link this to our last podcast episode, which was on the abuse report by Sally Yates and kind of talking about how in youth soccer and female soccer and women's soccer, whatever you want to call it, um, we, we expect a lot out of the player. The player is put in an environment that is over-professionalized, yet the systems that are trying to support the player are under-professionalized in that the communication is jacked up. <laughs> um, we don't uh, see enough response to email. Um, we don't see enough communication in general. Uh, we don't see uses of helpful communication systems like, for example, Slack, which corporate worlds use Slack every day, which is just like a text message, downloading an extra app, but it keeps your text message string free, doesn't charge you, it's almost better. So I don't really understand it, but I think that um, it's very applicable in what we do and in the, the sports world in general. And I think it's kind of related to what soccer and sports in general focuses on as what is important. Um, the professionalization of soccer to a lot of people is like the highest level of training, the best facilities. Those things are all really important and they make a soccer club run or a sports club run. But I do think there's still this casual nature to sports, especially from a business side that hasn't kind of caught up with the corporate world. If I don't respond to an email in 24 to 48 hours in a professional corporate setting, that's unacceptable. It's actually unacceptable. Like it'll be like, what's going on? Why am I not hearing from you? And I think it's, um, we kind of talk about over and over again about how like there's like some type of respect and a kind of disconnect there with how we kind of treat each other within the soccer system. Um, and just kind of a lack of reliability. And we always talk about needing to trust our teammates on the field and be good communicators and there for each other and reliable for each other. But I think that extends off the field. And we see this with parent communication, we see it with coach communication, 
But I think the big thing for us is wanting to start to implement these aspects of professionalism at a young age um, to teach girls how to continue that part of their communication development and style. Um, yeah. Yeah, as a teacher, my job is to model um, and scaffold what I want out of a, of a lesson, right? So I'm supposed to model the behavior that I wanna see in a classroom. I can always connect teaching to coaching. And as coaches, we have these expectations of our players. We want them to be coachable. We want them to be good communicators on and off the field. Yet there are many times where we are not modeling that. And that also from the top down, um, sometimes our directors at clubs or even the leagues that we play in and the communication that come from them, it's not in a timely matter. I'm, in the, I'm not in a corporate position in education, but I still will get in trouble if I don't respond to an email in 24 to 48 hours. In the soccer world, there are times where we don't ever hear back from anyone and it's very frustrating. So if you're listening to this, please respond to our emails. <laughs> but more so, I think it's just really, um, it's, it's not fair that we expect all of these skill sets and communication being a huge part of whether it's social emotional skill sets or executive functioning skill sets. They're in both, communication's a part of both of those. And we're really expecting our youth to have that, but we're not modeling it. We're not showing how to be better communicators. And when it is focused on in a soccer setting, it's on the field communication, it's direct. Um, but players, and I would think that the pandemic would have helped with this, have to be responsive in email as they get older. I know the college level, that's a big part of your job, right? The professionalization of being able to respond to emails with your coaches and even the paperwork to get into college, you had to be on your game for all of that. So we know people are capable of this behavior. It's just not being um, practiced consistently and nobody is holding each other accountable for it, which is a big part of what we talked about in our last episode is accountability to be more professional. Like we're calling you out then. We're calling everybody out who needs to be better at communicating, whether it's a parent, whether it's a coach or whether it's a player, all three of you. And I think it's for the parents and the coaches, it's not necessarily your fault or anything like that. We didn't have executive functioning coaching when you were at a young age or anything like that. Like even myself, like a lot of that came from my mom who was in the corporate world and had to be a good communicator and conveyed those things to me. But a lot of people are not in that situation or don't have that background where they would need to know that that's like an important part of their kind of growth through beyond the game. I think most women are not in most players we work with are not going to play professionally or they're not going to have a long professional career. They're going to have some type of profession beyond that. And I think at least something that stood out to um, coaches when I was being recruited and this is if if anything, if you want to pull any type of value from being good about emails for parents listening or players listening, coaches would comment to me about how professional I was and how on top of my emails I was in the recruiting process. Like that was something that stood out to them like, oh, this is a mature individual that I want on my team. And it's like respond to emails. Like if, if nothing, if you're like, oh, I'm not going to respond to emails. If anything, you're learning this skill to get recruited to college, that's fine because it'll stick. I don't care. But it's just like these little things that 
that really make a difference. Like when someone responds right away to me, I make a note of that. Like, oh, this person's on top of their stuff and I can trust them with more. I can rely on them. And I think it does kind of present some like character traits that I'm like, okay, I want to go back to that person for the next project I have to work on. Or I know that I can go to them if I need something. So it's like these tiny little things which seem annoying and boring that actually have huge implications on potentially like a job you get, on the relationships you develop. And it's a, such a minor uh, communication piece we don't think about. And what you just said about your experience getting recruited, like that's the first thing I noticed about you. Like you reached out to me initially when we first met and you followed up consistently and you were like on top of it and every project and thing that I've given you, you like excel at, you do quickly, you're responsive. Like it's so nice. It's so nice. And it's so rare that we shouldn't be, we end up being surprised when that happens. And I know in teaching, when I see a student that's like that, I'm always like, oh my gosh. And a lot of the time it is learned behaviors from family. Um, my parents, my dad was in the corporate world. My mom's also a teacher, but like that didn't really get passed down. For me, it's more of like um, an observed behavior. Like I observe people doing it and I've had to learn by observation or um, by doing, I have to learn and fail and figure it out. But I do think, um, and I, just like many people, I have those moments where like, I'll get back to that and then I forget. Like, yeah, we get that that happens, but if that becomes a consistent behavior, then that's a habit you need to break because that's not a habit that's going to help you be successful. And if we're trying to teach our children um, skills like this, because ultimately, if we, again, we connect it back to our last episode, communication is power. Being able to communicate your feelings, your thoughts, direction on things like you know for these young girls who are getting emotionally or physically abused or what it, what it might be within soccer feeling comfortable to communicate and being on top of that communication is only going to help them um and same goes for you know i feel like we talk to a lot of parents who and i've seen this in teaching too where a parent will bypass me as the teacher and go straight to the principal and there's a lot of parents who will bypass the coach and go straight to straight to the director and that frustrates me too because although you're asserting yourself and trying to get to the bottom of something and you are communicating there are there are communication chains that you need to present that to because even though you said something now the coach is at a complete loss they have no idea what's going on and this has happened to me in teaching where something might have happened in the classroom or at recess and a kid tells their parent and the parent goes straight to the principal and then I was never even told this happened at recess because I'm not out on recess duty and it's so frustrating because you're just at a loss and I think this happens a lot with coaches a kid will come home from practice they're frustrated with their coach the, the kid didn't say anything they tell their parent the parent automatically emails the director frustrated about the coach we're so afraid of confrontation or what it might be. We're easily hiding behind our screens and not wanting to have those face-to-face -face talks. Um, it, it's That's also going to be a behavior that your child's going to learn from you. We talk about learned behaviors. So, you know, following those communication chains um, and systems are important too. I think like some things that come to mind, like actual action items to kind of help with this thing. Um, I think one of my favorite quotes, quotes is becoming um, comfortable with being uncomfortable, like throwing yourself into situations that are not easy. Like 
I remember um, my mom being like, no, you're writing the email to the teacher. You're writing the email to the coach. Um, and it's like, my mom could obviously write that email for me, but it was going through that exercise of having to formulate words and put things together, um, which was uncomfortable, but now it's like a skill that's very easy and second nature. And it's, it was a habit that was practiced that is now an ingrained habit. We always talk about how habits um, take time to develop, um, but at some point, some of these things become second nature. So that's one thing is maybe as a parent um, thinking about how can I put my kid in a situation that will help them later on? That could be um, having them go talk to a, a, a teacher um, directly, like they have an issue with the teacher. That could be even like, oh, what was the missing assignment or something very benign? It could be that. It could be um, going to the coach because you want to set up a meeting, which can be scary because I think when we get to college, when we get to work and even at the college level, when you have a one-on-one -on -one meeting with your coach and they're giving you feedback, it's much harder to receive feedback when you weren't the one who was maybe seeking it out earlier in life. I think that um, in those kind of situations where um, I had to have a one-on-one -on -one difficult conversation, I'll, Obviously those are still hard and uncomfortable at times, but I think what made them easier was I shoved myself in an uncomfortable situation where I would ask for help. I would ask for that feedback. And so when it became a difficult, more high stakes environment, I was already aware of kind of the structure of it, of how it would go. So I would encourage anyone to kind of jump into an uncomfortable situation because for a lot of people, networking is really uncomfortable going up and talking to someone you don't know is very uncomfortable. And that was something that, that was very uncomfortable for me. I think like, as I'm talking about this, I'm kind of jumping around a lot because there's a lot of different ways that you could do this related to communication. But a lot of these things are very easy for me to do now. Like I'm not afraid to go and do an informational interview with someone I want to be like. I'm not afraid to be in a group full of people and just kind of start talking. And I, and th I think the context is important I don't like people like that. I think that's important for people to know. Like I'm not, I'm someone who's always has traditionally been very reserved needs to observe a situation before I dive into it. Um, I am an introvert. I need to um, kind of rejuvenate my energy on my own. I don't need to be a social butterfly, but those skills that kind of seem very outward and very social our learned behaviors that I've developed over time. Exactly, and those learned behaviors often do come from the people we live with and our grownups, if you're a, a player listening to this, but grown parents, if you're listening to this, it's also like accountability on your behalf. Like I have to say, like the apple never falls far from the tree and in, in teaching, whenever we have a kid's behavior that we see, we often see the same behavior from the parent. And that's not to mean that that's a bad thing. That could also be for great things that happen within our classrooms. But same thing goes for on the field and off the field. You can see players who act a certain way and you look over the sideline and the parents doing the exact same thing. They're all screaming at the ref or whatever it might be. And it's these learned behaviors are practiced. And so take the second to say, hmm, am I modeling great behavior when it comes to communication for my kid? And if not, those tips that Haley just said are great tips. And I wish that I did this at a younger age. It took me till my mid thirties to start putting myself in uncomfortable positions. And now it's like a daily thing. I just message random people and I'm like, do you want to be a part of female footballers? <laughs> but like, that's a huge part of what I do now. And that is like, I'm like you, Haley, I'm, I'm an extrovert a little bit, but I 
have always been notoriously shy and never have been um, confident enough in a room of you know important people. I wouldn't speak up or say things. And my mom did a lot of things for me. Didn't even know how to do laundry when I went to Cal. But like for my own children, I'm aware that I don't want that for my own kids. And I make my kids already um, talk to their coaches, go to, you know, do the emails to their teachers. And I think that that's, you know, small little things here and there that create better habits so that when they go into the professional world or the soccer world, which needs to be more professional with communication, they will be better off. Because it's, it's pretty frustrating, I have to say, um, when we're so results driven in the soccer world where we only seem to care about something when it starts to affect the results we're having rather than the preventative um, nature of seeking out what you're looking for before, you know, to prevent things from happening. And, and communication is a big part of that. You know, like we have a lot of people who come to us who want our services after the fact of something not great happening when they could be using our services um, as a preventative measure and they aren't seeing value in it until something bad happens. And I think that's pretty frustrating. And so respond to our emails to help get those preventative. <laughs> and I will say part of responding to the email could be like, no, I don't want to do that. Totally, totally. I don't, like, I think people overcommit to things, one. And it's like, if you can't do it, tell me. I will not be offended. I'm offended when you don't respond to me or when you say yes to me and then say, mm, never mind, actually, I can't do it. That is way harder to deal with than you just saying it could be in a variety of situations. I don't have the capacity to do that right now. This is something that is not interesting to me. Don't worry, you're not going to hurt my feelings. I'm not for everyone. And like, we're not for everyone in every aspect of everyone's life. And that's obviously very hard. I think that takes some time to kind of develop a confidence that you can separate whatever you're doing from who you are and stuff. But I will say that kind of applying our situation to the college level, and I'm going to plug our college community a little bit. These are the type of skills that make transition out of sport incredibly easier. These are things that um, set you apart to get to that next level. Getting a job when you're done playing soccer is one hard because it feels like there is some loss of no longer being a soccer player, but you can also get what you want outside of soccer, getting that job by establishing yourself as a mature person, um, reaching leadership positions faster. I would think for the most part, most people's goals when you're a soccer player is you are very motivated, you are success driven, and that's not going to go away when you go into the professional world. A lot of people are going to want those leadership positions or going to want to be in a place where they can have autonomy and make decisions for themselves. And it starts with little habits of gaining trust by doing these little things, by telling people, nope, I'm not doing it or saying yes and following through as well. But I think it's these tiny habits of even nonverbal communication or things where we're not having direct conversations that makes such a big difference. And I will say it again, please respond to our emails. That should be the name of the show. Um, <laughs> Maybe we'll make but, it. Yeah. yeah, but it's, it's these little things. And I would say um, it makes such a big difference. Um, I think in every area, because it's also a very easy habit to master. And I think the more we can see ourselves mastering habits and being successful, then we can tackle on some bigger things that maybe we haven't wanted to get to yet.
I do think that the whole game game changing element of whether you continue on in sport after college or not is a big piece of this. If you do have aspirations to play professionally, the more mature in your communication habits you are, the more opportunities that are gonna come your way. People will trust you more. They will give you those opportunities because you're showing how competent you are. If you're not reliable, you're not responsive, then they're not gonna give you those opportunities. So you look at some of the players in the NWSL who have proven um, to be sort of those mature players. I think of obviously Megan Rapino. She's not afraid to talk and get in your face and say the uncomfortable thing. You look at a Midge Purse, for example, like that's not maybe a player on the US Women's National Team that you would have pinpointed to go to the White House to talk to the president about stuff. But she clearly has established within their circle a level of competency and communication that's needed. Um, you know, I think the players that come to mind that like maybe needed to work on these skills, there are some that come to mind from the 99ers, from the mid 2000s, where they were not quite comfortable being in the spotlight. And had, had they had a little bit more practice of habits of how to communicate, whether it's, this isn't for me, which I think Mia Hamm did a good job of, it was like, I don't wanna be in the spotlight. Um, Sometimes it just comes across weirdly when they don't have that skill. And then if you don't choose soccer, um, or let's say stay within soccer, if you choose coaching within soccer, you're going to create a great reputation for yourself because you'll have, you know, proven that you're competent and, and a good communicator, which is a huge necessity to be a coach. If you're outside of the coaching world, you, you know, you go to the corporate world, again, it's a skill that is needed every single day of your life in, in a regular job. Um, to respond to emails and not just text or ghost people. <laughs> well, even back to the Slack thing, like if you don't respond within hours, you're in trouble. And it's like, which we could talk, that's a whole nother can of worms that maybe we need to respect that a little bit more and some boundaries um, related to communication. Um, but I would say kind of, I guess, off the boundary piece, um, here's just a thing, a nice standard to, to work off of. Nine to five, Monday through Friday, that's when you should be on to respond efficiently to emails. I don't think you need to respond on weekends. I know that's become blurred with kind of the digital age, but um, I don't think there's an expectation that unless it's like something that's not like soccer related. If you have a game on Sunday, obviously your work week is different. But like if you're in school, there's not necessarily an expectation for you to respond to an email on a weekend. So there's two days that you do not have to worry about this. But if it's between like the hours of nine to five, like a or nine to three, depending on how old you are on the typical work day or school day, give yourself a 48 hour rule for all emails that you get and just practice that. And 24 hours is even better, but I think 48 is still kind of in that window where it's deemed and kind of that professional professional manner but if you can start practicing these skills like Cassie said in any profession you go into it only helps you and it's not just emails it's other types of communication it's honoring commitments all these kind of things but I think they're real big character builders that can start at a really young age and this is part of that self-advocacy piece too that we talk about uh, of a young person who is able to take the initiative to do these kind of things is someone who has shown that they can advocate for themselves and they're responsible for themselves and they're accountable for themselves. Yeah, I mean, 
Aubrey Nicklin comes to mind when you're talking about youth players. She's our high school ambassador and she she is like 14, 15 years old and she responds to emails. She gets back to me very quickly. She's the most like disciplined teenager I think I've seen before. But I think obviously that's a learned behavior somewhere. There's interest in what she's doing and all that, which is great. But I think it's don't don't hide behind the like, well, I'm just a teenager and we're all like this. And don't make excuses like that because there are people your age, if you're young listening to this, that do this. And you know, don't hide behind whatever role it is or what commitments you already have and how busy you are. You know, prioritize, like organize your life a little bit more. I know I'm working on that every day. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not perfect at that too. I think there are sometimes I let these things slip, but when they do, it's like, okay, I need to like course correct and kind of be back to where is normal because of course we're gonna one make mistakes we're going to miss things and stuff like that that's the nature of kind of being human but that's just like okay maybe I need to pay a little bit more attention to this but I think we bring this up and like you may even skip this episode or might not even be here anymore but if you're here with us still thank you we appreciate it because I think what we focus on a lot is skills and behaviors that people don't want to talk about or don't care about, but that makes such a huge difference in the out in outcomes in general. But in the soccer world, we want to kind of focus on that whole player development. I don't think anyone is saying you need to be good at responding to emails. That's not like the general um, or whatever the general um, lesson. But a complete person has a little bit of everything, a little bit of these things on lock. And so if we can kind of hopefully give some information about something maybe you haven't heard of before or forget, then we're hoping that that's a value because you're not getting it somewhere else, maybe. Totally. You made me think of a quote that um, Tracy Hamm always says. She's the head coach at UC Davis. I played a cow with her. Her like motto is how you do anything is how you do everything. And she always references the shopping cart um, at a grocery store when you're done with it do you put it back where all the shopping carts go or do you leave it in the parking lot next to your car like in the center divide thingy and um it's a great metaphor for sort of the habits we're talking about and how oftentimes if we're missing the habits of communicating effectively and responding and um kind of having that level of professionalism and and accountability um that's gonna be a similar habit you have in a lot of different things so if you're you're the type that leaves the cart and like think about the next time you go to the grocery store because i think about it every single time and when i first heard that quote or her talk about it on the podcast i was like i'm like the inconsistent one who sometimes leaves it in the middle and then sometimes i bring it back that's a metaphor for my entire being i'm just inconsistent sometimes. and i think that oftentimes like how we communicate is is a huge indicator to all the rest of the habits that we're creating in our mental game so great i guess point. yeah I, kind of just because i think we're always like talking about what we think things should be and like what we want and i think it's important to recognize like even us talking we don't do these things perfectly so i guess yeah, a question to you and i'll share mine after would be what is a habit that you're working on right now well, consistency is always a habit I'm working on, like being more regular on lots of different things. And um, I was not always great at responding to things either. It wasn't probably until the last like two years where I've made it more of a habit. Um, but my consistency has right now has to do with my workout schedule, <laughs> working on that. 
but I would say that um, I do think that the way I think that if you looked at anybody and you saw like let's say they weren't good at getting back to somebody and they're not great at communicating in that regard that probably is an indicator of a lot of other habits that are attached to communication that they might be missing or struggling with too they're all kind of interconnected but yes for me consistency always how about you Mine is pretty specific, but it also has like a larger lesson. I'm the queen of letting dishes soak in the sink. <laughs> and I've been really good recently. And I mean, it's only been a week. So it's like, we need to make that extend longer of like, when there's a dish in the sink, put it off real quick, put it in the dishwasher, 30 seconds and we're done. Versus if I let all of those dishes pile up, now I have to spend like 10 minutes on that versus the very tiny amounts of time. And so I think that's even with like emails or anything else, like if we let these things build up, it becomes a thing. Like mm -hmm. it wasn't a thing before, it's not an event. Um, so trying to be good at those things. And I think that could even be, I find myself when I'm stressed, I don't always put my clothes away right away. I just like, there's like a designated chair that starts to accumulate things. <laughs> And it's like, okay, now I have to like do a deep cleaning and do all of this stuff because I'm like, I don't have time for it. I'm just too stressed. But then I spend an hour or something cleaning my room when I'm like, just keep it clean. No, I'm the same way. That's again, the consistency. There's some like the couch, mine's a couch because there's five of us in this family and I'll do all the laundry in one day and I just pour it on the couch to where it gets like, such a big pile. Then I'm like, too much work I can't do all that right now and again it, then it leads to inconsistencies of like is the laundry done this week and is it all put away and done and, and it's hard because I'm very aware that I'm creating that my habit habits are being watched by little people who are going to emulate me and so that's why consistency in anything I do is important and dishes I'm okay with laundry I'm not okay with but um, like for me like I make the bed every day I'm very consistent with that but there are certain things that can, where consistency feels hard and putting the, the, the cart away sometimes it's really far and I'm just being lazy and, <laughs> you know, but it's again, like, and there are times when I think that people feel this way with responding. It's like the email is going to take them a while and they want to be really thoughtful about the response and they might not have the time. But again, that's why 48 hour rule is great. That gives you two full days. You can find some time to sit down and, and make it work. Or at least in the, like, I will get back to you in a day. I'm super jammed and, and you can expect to hear from me on this day. Just do that. Like, at least you're prioritizing it. And I think even just having the self-awareness of like what we are and aren't good at. In some things, like, it's okay if you're not going to fix that habit. I think some people are happy with spending the hour to clean the dishes or those are just easy examples because I think there are things that we very easily kind of let build up prioritizing what ones actually matter and what don't related to your values. So if you're someone that wants to be in a leadership position and wants to be respected and wants to be seen as reliable, then maybe that area of your life is something you need to focus on. You don't need to, so no one's going to be like, do you do your dishes every time? Like that's maybe not a priority, but it's kind of thinking about ourselves and kind of looking at, okay, what are habits that are actually leading to my growth and the next step in my potential versus ones that aren't. Cause I don't think we need to make good habits of everything. It's not even possible to do it. So kind of identifying what areas are gonna help in your growth and your development um, is a good place to start. Definitely. And like we always say, perfect doesn't exist. We're striving for excellence. We're not striving for perfection. And, um, you know, ditch perfect if you are 
you know, there's no such thing as, as being perfect. And so for us, it's just about just trying to better ourselves every day. That's the goal. Totally. Well, this was a fun one. Um, thank you for your time. And hopefully you guys all got something out of this. Um, we'd love to hear your thoughts. So please make sure you comment or um, send us a message on what you think about communication and habits and um, accountability. So let us know. Thanks so much. And we'll talk to you next time.